Welcome to The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion Podcast. I'm Danielle Rodoichin. Each episode features a conversation with a creative mind about the things that inspire them or that have given their life meaning in some way. From books, to art, to a piece of jewellery, these objects are collected into a cabinet which resides in physical form in the attic at 5 Carlos Place, the Matches Fashion Townhouse in London. Today my guest is the fashion designer Roland Murray, whose omnipresent galaxy dress propelled him to fame in the early 2000s. Since then, his label has evolved into a stalwart of the classically elegant woman's wardrobe. I spoke to him about his upbringing, his career, and the five things that inspire him most. Thank you so much for coming on to the Collector's House podcast. It's a pleasure. We are at Five Carlos Place, where you've been before to do your uh, in-store event that we had a few weeks ago. Yes, in the middle of the big amount of in-store events you're having. And it was to celebrate, well, you've been celebrating 20 years in, in business. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, how's that all going? It's weird because it's like having a child who's uh, 20 years old now. It's, mm. it's, it's really funny to look mm. out at the years of when that child was born and the way he grew up and now he's, uh, he's quite a healthy adult. Mm. It's funny because um, just before we started recording we were talking about designers who have um, some sort of appeal for a short amount of time and then after a while, but it, but it doesn't last. And I feel like with you, you have an incredible staying power and you, you endure. I think um, I, I've, I have to thanks. I have to thanks the the woman who wear my clothes. I think mm. how much I love the f- fashion in the fashion world. I think when you try just to please that world, you don't carry on. I think that's that's the simple yeah. secret. You have to you have to please the the real people in your life, and the real people are the customer. Yes, and that was something I really noticed when you had your event here, yeah. which was a talk. So you invited clients, and then you gave a talk to them. Um, which was a, and it was a lovely event and I was really struck because I've done quite a few of I've been to yes. quite a few here now <laughs> I was really struck by how much the clients how, how strong your relationship with them is and it felt very genuine um, and also how much they love you and were in awe of you because they all had lots of questions and they really were interested in what you had to say I, I, I think by never been to school because I never went to, to a fashion school I think I, I compensated with the, my relationship with the, with, the, with the client I think it's something I'm, I'm really good at because I, I was taught by my father my father was a butcher and I, I learned through the butcher shop how to respect the customer and, and to be able to deliver when you're creative and you deliver a product to the customer is is the best experience. Mm. Um, and because you grew up in, you grew up in Lourdes. Yes. And you've spoken, and, and as you say, your father was a butcher, and you've spoken often about the something you've spoken about a lot, um, but the butcher's apron and how much it inspired you in terms of a. It was it shape. was qu- quite a symbolic piece of fabric in my life because, mm. as a kid, I was trapping that outfit of becoming as a butcher's son to becoming the butcher and how much I was against that piece of fabric it was quite quite uh, uh, ingenious and, 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 and creative for me because none of my friends were wearing that big piece of white cloth on them and and the way you can fold it on yourself brings quite a, 
uh, a unique sense of, of experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's that duality of, of uh, reject and love at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, just to, and the way you design is also quite um, instinctive or um, it's very much a hands-on process. I think you've said in the past that you don't... I don't drape. You don't... I don't, don't, I don't, draw, don't draw. I don't draw. I don't draw a drape. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. But that's that's the starting point of 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 that of the butcher apron is I drape. I work in three three sixty degrees. Um, I consider the, the final of it is when mm. a woman wear the outfit and and the skin is really important with the, with the, with the fabric, and and I'm someone who understands body shape. I'm not a fattist. You know, for me muscle, bone and fat are the same level. It's something you, you work with. It's something you 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 shape and you mold with fabric. And uh, it's really a unique, a, a unique vision, I think, mm. of how to work, how to dress bodies. Yeah, because you've spoken in the past as well about how um, it's easy to dress a model because they are naturally very slim. Yeah, for a designer, it's yeah. easy to... To, yeah. to dress a model and how breasts are annoying having breasts it can be irritated and irritant to a designer but yeah for you, it can you... Be. for me i embrace it the yeah. fact that the difference between a model and and and, and a woman is is the bra mm. because models don't wear bra women wear bra and and that kind of uh obligation or uh could be restrictive in your in your creativity and uh, completely embrace it and turn it the other way and make mm. it the starting point of how can make it better? How can I make a dress that the bra is is necessary for that dress to exist? And I, I create a galaxy dress yeah. after that. And was that two thousand and five? I think yes, you first saw it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, from that moment, every time the experience has to be outside of the box, every time I have to push myself in a new direction, it has to be something that I consider nobody really faced as a designer. Everything is really important that uh, I never put myself in competition with the other designer. I just compete with myself. And at that point... So maybe I, that's the key to endurance then. Yeah, because when you lose, you win. Yeah. And vice versa, yeah. which is the, the, the best thing. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that. So in this podcast, we talk about uh, there's five objects, five Carlos Place, um, and there's five objects that represent you or that have given you inspiration yeah. in some way. So what's the first thing that you would like to talk about? I think the, the, we talked already about the, the apron. I, I think that's the first object. It's the first, the first uh, uh, um, really starting point of, of a piece of fabric, of learning how fabric can trap you or free you of situation. And I think it, it, it's, quite, it's quite amazing how uh, it took me 30 years to learn that journey of fabric on us as human being what kind of fabric do you like to work with oh i go from uh, it has to be really textural it has to be uh, all the time in in, in uh, um, reaction with the skin i think everything that is more close to natural is good for me everything that is got a sense of heritage is really good for me uh, but stretch is really important too because our skin are stretch it is stretching and I think fabric should stretch with the skin um, it's every, I, I will reject fabric that are um, 
really not not in sync with the, with the skin and uh, it is is that something that would be more that would be looser because you've experimented a bit more recently with a little I, I got it's every every heaviness or every weight or it is unique because fabric is, the way it's woven it is is a DNA it, you can't make fabric do what fabric doesn't want to do it, you have to follow fabric that's every fabric is quite it's like sleeping with a new person is you discover uh, you decide to go for it but but at the same time the the person is going to drive you in their world, and and fabric is the same thing. It, it, it's really, it's really relate to to relationship, and you have to give the that sense of life to the fabric. Accepting the fabric is alive. Mm. And your story is so interesting um, because you moved to Paris, um, and didn't you 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 didn't go the traditional route of becoming a fashion designer um, you didn't study to become a fashion designer you moved to Paris and I think you worked as a as a stylist and a model for 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 a while yes um, and then you, you came to fashion designing quite late I was 36 when I came to fashion design uh, to become a fashion designer I was I was in a period of my life where if I didn't try uh, I was going to become a bitter person and bad-mouthing the young one I was really aware that that it was uh, it would become a um, quite self-destructive not to try, and I avoided all these years because I, the fear of not succeeding. And sometimes it's so much easier, or not sometimes, most of the time it's so much easier to keep it as a dream, to keep the big story as a dream, and not to make it reality. Because the dream you can you can come in and come out without without any uh, responsibility. When the dream become reality, you you have responsibility to make it work. And yeah, 36 was, 36 was the right age for me to start because it had, it was breaking all the, the chance of youth. I, I was too old all the time to, to, uh, to win a prize or to yeah. be supported by someone that this kind of poison apple that you've been given of a, a certain amount of money and you think you succeed and one year after you near, near bankruptcy. And that was great to avoid that. Uh, and, and about my decision, it, it was a great time at 36 to say, if I have 20 or 30 years of career, it will come to the end of my life. I won't have to redefine another career after that because I really believe we will have many more than one career in our life. And I didn't want to, to have another one after this one. I want to have maybe another, another thing to do, but not another career. I think it was, for me, it, it, it was quite fantastic. And I was quite lucky to look all of them or to look all the time more younger than my age. That's mean I, I could pretend to be the young, pretty one and to be quite an old, <laughs> an old fox underneath. And I think you plot. You know, you, I think you apply, I've read that you applied uh, to Jean-Paul Gaultier and, and didn't get a job with him, but it made you more determined to never work for someone. Yeah, <laughs> to do your but, own thing. But but I love I love experience of life. I love when when you take into something you think is going to be. Uh, the worst thing of your life and 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 you learn from it i was really sad when when i was rejected to be part of his team as a as a an assistant designer because i really loved his work and and i realized it, it, it was the best thing could happen to me because if i worked for him i would have given him the best of me and he would yeah. own it 
And you should never work for someone you really love. You should work for someone for someone you respect, and you learn what you have to learn, and you keep who you are mm. for, for for yourself. Have you spoken uh, to him since? Oh yes, I, I remind him all the time. <laughs> Thank God I came to see you because I never work for someone else. Does he say did it on life. purpose? <laughs> yeah, but, but it, it, it was. It's really funny because it's. I I. I took my life in my hands and, and, and at that point you you look at people as equal to you and, and I can't see his own fear and mistake however the guy was so famous at the time you never I never thought he could be he could have the same moment than me about fear and and weakness so why did you decide to set up in London rather than in Paris ultimately um at the age of 30, I came to London because I didn't feel a whole at all in my country. I, I think it's in that research of self-education, something was missing. I was 30 in, in Paris when, when I left. Something was missing. It was just after the, the Gulf War. Uh, Paris was quite really uh, uh, sad and... and uh, uh, and really disappointed, and and it was not a great place to uh, to face the future. Mm. I was fairly I, I needed another challenge. I need with myself, and I thought coming to London will oblige me to to push my own education, or own own fresh education, to another culture. And I had to break all the rules of of what I thought about French, where I like we are the best. <laughs> and you come to London. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, but you are the best in food. You are the best in sex. You are the best in lifestyle. Yeah. You are, you are French people, and especially when you live in Paris, you think you are the best worldwide. And I came here, and it took me a good year to to realize that uh, I was part of a, of a culture that was as as rich and as strong than mine. And uh, and the only way to stay here is to accept that balance of the two, and not trying to impose mine as the only way of living. Mm. And it was a very exciting time in fashion in London. It's the late nineties, mm. Be um, uh, beginning of nineties. I arrived here. Beginning of the nineties. Yeah, I went through the last years of recession, uh, coming out of recession, uh, and and to the Blair years and uh, uh, cool Britannia and mm -hmm. uh, Millennium and uh, global. What was your? How did you? introduce yourself into the scene here did it you was have friends or? no it was great because i was i was doing the the, the opposite way uh, everybody from from uh, uh, stella john galliano and 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 lee mcqueen was were going to paris and i was the other one coming oh, from yeah. paris living in london i just had a partner here that's been we uh, he was British. He's British. That's mean I just meet British people. I refuse to meet French people in London. That's the first thing. You, if you're French, you have to avoid the French. <laughs> uh, and the second thing, we did amazing thing. We opened a a bar in 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 so the first bar in so before it was just pubs, and we opened up that kind of bar, cafe, restaurant, club downstairs. It was what was it called? It's called. It was called Freedom Cafe. And it was in Water Street, and it was the first big space, which was not a pub. And uh, uh, Conran opened straight away after Mezzo, the year after. And it was the beginning of that culture, that that, that continental culture coming to to yeah. England. Yeah. It was brilliant. Cafe Nero. <laughs> not far away. 
the, the, the concept of coffee yeah. in England, it, coffee and wine changed this country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, so just going back to the cabinet, I was, what else goes in there? There is my ring. My, that's my dad's ring. That's his wedding ring. And uh, I never thought I would ask someone to marry me. I never thought I would. One day in my life, as as, as homosexual, that I would marry the man. Uh, it was brilliant. I, m I met my uh, James uh, twelve years ago, and uh, the decision to get married was what is the best challenge we could have in our life and is to not divorcing because we don't want kids it's not our, our our journey but can we commit one to another for never divorcing and all the time questioning our relationship and questioning our our difference because we are the same and we are different at the same time and, and james webster he's an, he's an artist yes yeah. and uh and it's, it's such a great, I, I think, I'm proud of a few things in my life, but that's one of, of, of my pride. And the fact that uh, when my dad passed away, my mom gave me that ring. And, and the fact that it's my wedding ring, it, it's brilliant. And I still, dad cut himself one day and there is some wow. mark of knives on, on the ring. Wow. You know. did, they, did he come to the wedding? No, he was, he, was, he, was, he was dead already. How did you and James meet? Oh, uh, simply in a in a in the restaurant. Yeah, it's, it's a long story, but it's quite a fantastic story. Leave it at that. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So, when, when did you get married? Uh, nine years ago now. Okay. Um, so just going back again. Um, so you had your bar in Soho, and I think your first fashion show was in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, the first one as Roland Murray, yes. Yeah. Um, and you, you, and you put pretty much straight away had quite a lot of good press. It it was quite interesting because as a, as a, one of the key of success of, of of to be a designer is that amount of, of ego and and that amount of of uh, um, uh, humility. Mm. It's, it's a contradiction of, of emotion. You have to be really believing in yourself and know, and knowing that you have to do it. You have to try, but you need to be humble and about about the journey of it, and and humble about the fact that it's all about respect. You start by respecting the fabric. Everything is about respect, and, and that duality is is if you manage it really well, create your identity, and create something that you're going to be defined. Mm. Uh, and that's the only way uh, uh, I can define success is mm. is when when you are from you balance these two two like burning balls in your hands. Mm. Mm. I think we all try we, we we all try to be known for something, and and some people want to be known for their own who they are. I, I wanted to be I wanted my clothes to be more famous than me. I think mm. I think by being already thirty six, mm. the concept of aging, mm. being all the time present in my life, it, I, I knew I knew there, there is a moment I don't want to rely on on, on a caricature side of my youth mm. to exist as a as a designer. Young young designer 
will go through that journey and that's their journey maybe mm. because their career will stop maybe in the next 20 years and they will reinvent themselves but for me i knew that that it couldn't be me trying to compete with young people mm. on, on a mm. platform on, on a design platform and at that point the outfit or the clothes have to be become famous if the outfit become really recognizable mm. i made it ah my job is done my job is even better than mm. than who i am is the clothes are famous mm. and that's i think that's for me success yeah and it was i mean every single actress at the time seemed to be wearing that dress yeah. from Cameron Diaz to Rachel Weisz. Oh, they all name many A-list actors. They, they, they all time, went through that that yeah that, that, that dress. It was really funny how that dress redefined that kind of universal female form. You know, it's yeah. something that was completely uh, uh, undecided at the time because through through error and shake and 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 the definition of of grunge evol mm. evolution of grunge and uh, where the presence of femininity and the, and the and the presence of female strength not power but female strength mm -hmm. was really undefined and i think that dress gave gave a a, a platform to reestablishing a, a woman woman presence mm -hmm. outside the fashion criteria mm. i feel like women are still wearing that dress in various yes they are yeah Yes, they are. Like it's, it's, it's still a, it's still at Carlos Place, one yeah. of our cells. Yeah, by your your store. Yes. So yeah, and then that type. Then the same, at the same time, you had there were issues with your the woman that you'd gone into business with that had had had. Um, there were issues around your name, and you lost ownership mm. of the name of your company yes. for a few years. But that was that's where the. I think I, it it could happen. I, like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of everything outside the box, and I love every situation without a blueprint mm. it, it allowed me to really define myself because i don't want to copy someone else's mm. uh, uh, solution and when i lost my name it, it's nobody came back before me without a name everybody went more or less in in a in a lower career or or, or lost their career yeah. and i promised myself that it won't be the the situation that was the best challenge mm. my clothes were the signature of my work is on the outside of the outfit. It doesn't need mm. to be inside. That's where I had that, that, that look that you could see one of my dress hanging at any stores. You didn't need, need the, the name. You could read the name on the dress. Mm. And I decided to come back with my initials. And uh, yes, you are um, I am by oh. the designer, Roland Murray, yeah. which was a long life. <laughs> but I knew what it will, I, I knew, I, I knew the way society will mm. will absorb the, the the situation and make it RM and Roland Murray again and and in that battle I won mm. and you won back you I bought, bought back, back my name, name and the, eventually the, the, day, the day I opened Carlos place I needed the name on the mm. top of the door and I, I bought it back and it was a new it's you are in business now with Simon Fuller yes um, and who also um, who also um, manages or um, Victoria Beckham's yes, company, which uh, is why you're often mentioned Victoria, the same phrase as her. Yeah, but she's a good it, friend it, of yours. Yes. Yeah. But he was managing at the time a, a lot of of uh, 
celebrities. Mm. But Simon, when when I resigned from my company, Simon Simon for that uh, he wanted to meet me because for the the press, the press mm. was so uh, out of this world when when I resigned because I had. The, the front page of the newspaper I and, and it was uh, like yeah. young designer losing his name yeah. and the ga- the galaxy was so present everywhere yeah. for the month before and after I was losing my name and, and Simon asked to meet me and he said are you really good as a designer are you really good at controlling the media but you're good at something and I think for him to be such such as a, a, a maestro of, of uh, um, popular culture mm. That was the first time he saw fashion at the level of, of, of what he was doing. He said, you, you get popular culture. And, and I think, however, it's luxury, but you get that. And that's why we were the right fit to, to become business partner. Mm. Yeah, there was, I've been reading some of the press from that time, and it was incredible how much support for you there was. Um, I think I was reading Sarah Moa, had an interview with you directly afterwards which I read, like, re-read again and yeah, she was very uh, kind but I think she was she was really kind well, you know her thing is always she always says uh, you know British designers often they have the talent but not the business yes acumen um, but you seem to have that that kind of but global was, reach but I was not completely a British designer I was a yeah. French designer living in Britain and I st- I'm still a French designer living in Britain and I have a British company which I'm really proud of but I still think with a with the learning experience of, of, of a French son of, son of a butcher. You know, I, I learned from that kind of uh, heritage of, I came, I'm not even middle class, I'm even lower than that. Uh, my grandparents mm-hmm. were, were peasant. That has been, it, it's everything mm-hmm. start from, from, the, from the ground. And, and we, I was not educated as a French kid, like British kids are educated, you know. That notion of sharing food at the table was a different, uh, a different education than, than the British education, and that's what I, I loved when I came here is to learn the British way. But I'm still a French person. Mm. But I prefer to be a French in Britain than a French in France. <laughs> I, I'm average in France. Okay. Do you travel back quite a lot? Yeah. yeah. Try not. Really? You know, I love to. I love England. I'm married here. Uh, I, I think I will die here. <laughs> what is the what else? What, what's the final thing you put into your cabinet, at Carlos Place? I think there is a, there is a, a wool jacket I'm wearing. There is a, which my first man jacket, which I love the fact that is a mix of this kind of really woolly uh, uh, cloth that is between knitwear. But I made a jacket. That's me. It's really balanced. Is it? A, sorry, is that a jacket you yes, designed? Yes. You and did I, a menswear label for yes. one, Yes. I love that jacket because it represents it represents really well my my character, that double identity of being from the the mountain but living in the city. And I love the the fact that it's it's a fabric that reminds me of the mountains, mm. and you live like in the mountains. But it's it's a tailor jacket in it, and it's 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 really something about me. There is another thing too, which is a book called, uh, in, in English it's A Void by Georges Perec. In French it's La Disparition by, by Georges Perec. And it's a, a big book like that without the letter E inside, mm-hmm. which is, uh, it's my Bible. It's my, my way of learning to a, 
to move on in life when you lose something hmm. or someone. You and read it in French or English? I did French, but I want to do English now. <laughs> because can you imagine a, a book of a quite a big book without the letter A? Is the journey of reading is quite amazing. Isn't that quite frustrating? But, that's, but that's, that's all based about when you lose something in your life and all the stage of emotion you're going through of losing and learning to live without it and gaining. When did you first discover this book? I was 27. Uh, I was not in the best shape because I, uh, I had a sickness and uh, uh, that book was given to me by a friend and said, I think you should read it. And it became really my my side book a side bed book and and uh, uh it really helped me because the journey is again i learned from my experiences and that mm. was an amazing mm. experience and uh yeah and uh and the last thing will be a sculpture of uh, of james because james uh work is uh, as an artist is another reflection of what i believe in and I like his, his attitude at, as, at his age of questioning life and death through, uh, through work, for, through his hands and the way he sculpt. Is there a particular sculpture that you had in mind? Uh, there is one I have at Carlos Bridge, which, which I call the Lady of Glastonbury. It's a, it's a nude of a lady dancing with her, her hands up and, uh, and she could be 60 and uh, and she's still rocking it and she's she's got all the sign of life on her body but she still enjoys she still believes it mm. there is a reason to dance <laughs> well thank you so much for it talking was a to pleasure. us thank you very much that was an episode of the collector's house a matches fashion podcast you can find more episodes and more about Five Carlos Place on the Matches Fashion website. And you can join the conversation on social media by searching for at Matches Fashion, at Matches Fashion Man, and the hashtag Five Carlos Place. Thanks for listening.